How are you all? Good. I heard someone say great. That's good for you. I'm also great. That was a great word, Pastor Mark. I know a thing or two about those five young men and spot on for every single one of them. And can I encourage the rest of you, tap into that. Because when prophetic words are given to people, you can claim it as well. You can actually go, you know what? I want in on that. I want a part of that. And so I encourage you, young men and young women, get in on that and just be bold and proud about your Jesus. Amen? Amen. Which leads me to my title very well. I have entitled tonight, I am Christian. I am Christian. There it is. And if you're not Christian in the room, that's okay. My goal by the end of tonight is that you will be and that you'll want to be because I can tell you it's the greatest thing on planet earth. It is not just the greatest thing on planet earth. It's the greatest thing of all time. It's like the goat of human experience. It's literally the greatest ever. And I, I, uh, I remember a uh, time I was in grade 11, 16 and uh, hello, Mrs. Senners. There's lots of new people in church tonight. It's great. I'm not the only one. How good. How good is marriage, eh? Amen. Recommend it? Yeah, of course you would. You only just got married. <laughs> oh. So 2016, uh, got the, uh, not 2016, 2004. I was 16. Uh, my family got to travel around the world. It was awesome. Five stops plus a few other little ones, but a five ticket stop. And, um, and we went to all these different places. But one of the places we went to was New York. And uh, look, if you don't know my mum personally, um, she, you know, she's not all meek and mild and quiet and, you know, well behaved. And, you know, uh, I think it's where I get a measure of my uh, rebelliousness. Anyways, uh, mum, just randomly, I'm standing with her, Couple of others, dad's off like organising the next thing. I think it was like the, the, uh, the wax museum we were going to that day maybe. I think that was there. Not sure. No, that was London. Oh, Empire State Building. That's right. Anyways, Empire State Building. There was so much that happened. It was a long time ago. It's like decades ago now. I, I'm, I'm older than I look. Um, hey, Youth Pastor Joe. Yeah, all you boys. Standing at the lights, I'm, I'm just like, you know, mesmerised by all the towers and skyscrapers and stuff. And like some of the others were like, I don't know, run around, just being kids, that's what you do. And uh, all of a sudden, mum just goes, I'm not even joking. She literally does this. Woo! <laughs> like full star jump in the middle of New York at a set of lights. And I am not kidding you, the lady that was standing there at the set of lights went, Woo! and said, said some stuff that I can't repeat on the stage tonight, but, you know, is probably not American language. And uh, I don't think she planned on walking across the street as quickly as she did. It was awesome. I was like, man, what's going on? You right, mum? You okay? I was like, I was like man. And, and I, was, I was like, what's happened? And she just said she was so overwhelmed by the goodness of God. Like she was in New York with her family on a world tour. Like, can it get much better than that? Like, how good is God? And she was celebrating in the middle of New York. And I was like, I love that. She was unashamed and bold about her thankfulness towards God. And I just reckon that is awesome. And I want to encourage you tonight that that is how you and I should be living. Bold, loud, proud and unashamed that you are a Christian. Like, it is your identity. 
Like when people ask you, you know, oh, what do you do? Or, you know, what's your family all about? Stuff like your first go-to statement should be, I'm a Christian. I am Christian. Like sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you know, well, I'm an engineer. That sounds really exciting. Anything else? It's like, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you probably wouldn't even know what I do. It's very long title and, you know, it's a bit boring. It's in the city and, you know, I just look down on all the people during lunch break, you know. This is about all I do. It's like, you know, oh, oh, I run a business or I'm this or I'm that. No, you're a Christian. And you should be proud to be a Christian because being a Christian is awesome. It is literally the best thing ever. And I want to start tonight in the book of Romans. We're going to read chapter 1, verses 13 to 17. Before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do for us. And I thank you that you are here with us right now. God, we thank you for the love, for the gifts, Lord, for the goodness. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. God, we thank you for everything that you do for us, seen and unseen. And Lord, tonight, let us get closer to you. Lord, let us become more in love with you and more in love with the world around us, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And Pastor Jason, God bless you and get better. See you on Tuesday morning for coffee, eight o'clock. I'll be there. And then staff meeting, very important. All right, Romans chapter one, verses 13 to 17. Paul said this, he said, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles, for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilised world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. You cannot have life apart from faith in Jesus Christ. You can have a deceived perception of life, but it's not life-giving and it's not life-sustaining and you have to keep going back again and again and again for more and more and more because it never satisfies. True life, real life, the only life, the best life, the blessed life is only found in Jesus Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. It is my mission tonight to encourage you to not be ashamed of who you are, that you can confidently say to people, I'm a Christian, that you can find ways to weasel it into every conversation that you're a Christian and that you want them to be a Christian is the greatest thing that they could ever hope to be. But there's a scary part to all this. Luke chapter 9 verse 26 says this, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. You can leave that one up there. Thank you, guys. In Mark 8, I love Mark because he always like has a great twist on the exact same thing that all the other boys saw. 
Like, I don't know if you've been watching the Chosen series, but if you haven't, do yourself a favour. Like, just watch it. You know what? It's the only thing that you are allowed to binge. It's true. It's actually good binging, okay? So get on it and uh, you'll be blessed. Anyways, Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. He wrote it like this. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said this. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You know, it sounds like a very similar world to ours, doesn't it? <laughs> when this was written a little over 2,000 years ago or around about 2,000 years ago. But the statement that Jesus makes is this, that if you... If you try to live for yourself, if you try to gain the whole world, if you try to hold on to what you think is yours, you will lose. But if you give it up and if you steward what God has given you, you will gain everything. And then he says, is there anything worth more than your soul? You know, sometimes we get our knickers in a knot over all the little stuff down here on earth and the, the things in our homes and the cars and the stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's all literally going to burn up in ash. So don't waste too much time on it, peoples. And don't waste too much money on it either, unless it is going to produce for you eternal fruit. Like it's okay to have nice things. I'm not saying you can't. And it's okay to have nice homes and nice cars. As long as you use those homes for good godly things and you get people in your car and bring them to church because then it's actually creating value that you will be able to keep forever. What was our word from God for this year? Proclaim and declare. Proclaim and declare. That was the word from God for us for this year. Have you proclaimed the good news this year? Have you announced publicly the good news of Jesus Christ? What about declared? Have you declared the things of God into your life? Have you taken hold of what God has for you and acknowledged the possessions that you can have in Christ? Have you proclaimed and declared this year? Because you know what? There's still actually a little bit of time left. And if you haven't, you can do it. You've still got the rest of this Sunday, uh, next Sunday the 18th, the following Sunday the 25th, and then a few more days to tack on, and then it's New Year's. So there's not many, but you can still do it. Because that was the Word of God for us for this year. And I think if you did it, if you proclaimed the good news about Jesus Christ, and you declared the good things that God has for you, your year will start in a way that you will, sorry, end in a way that you will love it. You'll be excited about the end of the year and you won't be hanging out or holding on for, for next year to come around. No, God is in this year still. He hasn't left 2022. He's still here. He's with you. He dwells with you. He's going to be with you tomorrow and something amazing can happen. You can proclaim the good news about Jesus Christ tomorrow and someone could get saved. You could declare something on Thursday that you've been hoping and praying and desiring for and you could see a breakthrough in your life before 2023 comes around to you. 
You see, the world is currently trying to find an answer to all their issues. I've got a slide of some pretty famous protesting images that I want to show you tonight, if you guys can throw that one up for me. People right now, they're protesting about anything and everything. Protesting in the streets, universities, countries, ships. I mean, they're gluing their bodies to roads, to paintings, to all sorts of manner of objects. They wear shirts, they paint signs, they get loudspeakers, they come up with battle cries because they are trying to stand up for what they think is right. They are trying to do right by the humanity around them. They have a conviction about something that is not good to them or that they think is not good for the world around them and they are fighting for it. Protesting for what they believe to be right and to be the right thing to stand for. Taiwan, America, Australia, Afghanistan, Europe, Africa, Russia, even China is now having protests. China, like the one place you're not allowed to have protests, are having protests. It is taking over the world. Iran hung a protester for the first time, the first known execution related to mass demonstrations. It's incredible. Our world is in turmoil. And not just Christians, just human beings can see that there's an issue and they are trying to do what they think is right and they're trying to stand up for stuff that they think is the answer. But church, can I encourage you that Jesus is the answer, that you already know the answer and have the answer and they need the answer. You know, since 2017, it's escalated. Over 400 significant anti-government protests have erupted worldwide. More than 132 countries have experienced significant protests and 23% of them have lasted for more than three months. Like it's not just like, oh, have a go, you know, pop on a shirt, go down to, you know, the uh, King George Square and do my little thing for a day. No, these guys are like like crying out for, for help for more than three months because they are so sick and tired of how they are being treated by the world leaders. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I'm not encouraging protesting tonight. I'm encouraging preaching. There's a very big difference. We don't need to protest, we need to preach. We need to tell the world about the goodness of God. I'm encouraging you tonight to not back down about spreading the good news as quickly and as efficiently as you possibly can. Church, I think we can get a little bit louder. I think we can get a little bit bolder. I think we can actually stand up for what we believe in because what we believe in is the truth. What we believe in is the answer. And it is what the world is desperately seeking after. I think we can as a church start to care less about what other people might think about us and care more about eternal salvation. I think it's time to turn it up. I am Christian. Come on, say it with me tonight. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. I am Christian. Come on, say it again. I am Christian. Very good. Now, if you said that and you're not, well, you're on the journey. Because honestly, it is my hope that if you are not Christian, that you will become Christian. Because your whole world will change. If you are here tonight in the room or if you're going to be listening to this online or watching about, I want to encourage you all 
that if you are not a Christian, it is the greatest decision that you will ever make. If you've never given God a go, give God a go. Because He's awesome. He is awesome. You know, Paul would preach compellingly all day long in the temples of new cities he was trying to conquer for Jesus until they would see that he was the answer. Not caring if he got stoned or imprisoned and and time after time going back to the very places that stoned him and imprisoned him. I I don't know if Paul, you know, was missing a few or whatever, you know, so to speak, but, uh, but he was bold courageous and he didn't care because their eternal destiny mattered more to him than his own physical body. The disciples themselves preached the good news about Jesus, even though their leaders told them to stop and told them, no more, you are forbidden to preach in the name of Jesus. Like, well, sorry, but I serve a higher power. Like we sung it tonight. You know, if, I'm, if I have to go into the fire, who cares? Because I know that that's where you'll be with me too. Come on, who's ready to go in the fire? This is where Jesus will be. The disciples, at no matter the cost, once they knew Jesus, once they had experienced Jesus for himself, for themselves, they couldn't help it. They had to tell the world around them. And they did it literally. So many of them being persecuted to the point of death, but they did not care because they cared more about the people around them than their own physical bodies. What was God's solution to all the world's issues? John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. This is Jesus saying this. He gave His one and only Son so that Everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Church, Jesus is the answer. You know, I was challenged by someone who's new to our church this morning at Morayfield. They're like, if God is so loving, why is there, why, why does he, he send so much bad stuff? And why is, why is He making the earth struggle so much? And, and why are people just hurting so much? And I got the privilege of explaining to that person this morning that it's not God doing that at all. It's actually Mother Nature crying out for the redemption of the sons of God. It is waiting, it is under a curse, waiting for God to come back. God has been restoring it and trying to restore it for from word go and He has done everything that He can do. He sent Jesus to win it back. You know, and as I'm sharing, this person is just getting goosebumps all over them. Not, not saved, not Christian, barely knows anything about God. And experiencing God in a literal, physical, tangible way. Trying to understand why when you talk to me, am I getting goosebumps? And I was able to say that's actually God revealing Himself to you in a tangible way so that you know He cares about you, so that you know He loves you. This other person who the uh, homeless ministry out there at Morayfield have been just witnessing to uh, came to church for the first time this morning and literally cried through the entire service. Just sobbed through the entire service so overwhelmed with love or whatever it was, I don't know, but just cried in the presence of God, realising that there is hope. And one of the guys prayed for him at the end of the service, prayed for his hurt foot, and he's like, it feels instantly better. Come on, Jesus is the answer, amen? Who you have is the answer to every issue around you. People need to know about Him. Church, there is too much hurt and pain and suffering in our world. 
to hold Jesus in. We have got to tell the world that I am Christian. They need him. Come on, being Christian is awesome. Being Christian means you are a follower of Jesus. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is awesome. Like, if you just start telling people about Jesus, like they they will be like, what, that's Jesus? Yeah, that's Jesus. It's like, you think about this, Mark chapter five, the demoniac men. The world's response to these men was to put them in chains and run away from them. They lived in graveyards. Like they had no idea they couldn't work out how to help these people. No one knew what to do with them. And so Jesus comes along and finds people that have been placed in a too hard basket. And what did Jesus do? He went straight for them. He went to a place that he wasn't really called to. He went to a Gentile town and found these people and went straight to them and set them free. He did something that no one else was able to do. What about the time, Mark chapter 1, with the lepers? Like this leper comes. Now, lepers are outcasts. Nobody wants to be around them. They, they come close to you. Like they literally have to, you know, walk around, unclean, unclean, unclean. I'm an outcast, I'm an outcast, I'm an outcast. Not allowed to feel touch, no physical touch, no quality time, no gifts, no love languages, no anything else, no feeling nice, no being invited over for dinner, absolutely nothing, just literal outcasts in society. One of them desperately comes to Jesus, hoping that Jesus can be the answer. And if you've seen the Chosen series, like everyone like freaks out and they're like, Master, Rabbi, get away. Jesus takes off his like very cool leather bag. I want one. And just walks up and all the disciples are like, and like that cool music starts playing. I'm like, man, imagine if Jesus actually had a soundtrack when he did these miracles. Like he probably did, or he at least heard the angels playing one in his head. It would have been awesome. And he walks up to this guy and he touches someone who has not been touched for who knows how long? Can you imagine being touched after not being touched by another human for so long? Instantaneous love with love in his eyes. The man was instantaneously healed. In that moment, Jesus actually said, please don't, please don't go tell everyone because uh, I actually want to do a few more things. And the guy just couldn't contain it. When told everyone, I was like, man, was he meant to do that, Jesus? I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure Jesus would have forgiven him because he's pretty good at forgiving people. What about the woman at the well? The woman caught in adultery, Zacchaeus, Lazarus, blind Bartimaeus. What about the dead boy, the funeral, the Samaritan story, the sick, the helpless, the sinner, Christ loved them all. Jesus Christ loved them all. Jesus is the answer to the issues that the world has no answers for. So what will you do? Who will you be? I want to encourage you to be bold, loud, proud, and unashamed. To be as bold as lions, as the Scriptures say. To be as bold as lions. To be as bold as lionesses. Lions and lionesses, why was that used in Scripture? Because there is nothing that they are afraid of. Nothing. Like they're not even the biggest. But they're not afraid. They are not afraid of anything. And in a pack Man, they are unstoppable. Well, you're in a pack tonight. 
surrounded by a whole bunch of incredibly gifted, very good looking, strong people who are filled with the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You are someone who can walk into an atmosphere and see it shift because darkness cannot remain in light. Jesus is the answer. He's always been the answer. He's still the answer today and He always will be the answer. Come on, He took all of your sin, pinned it to a cross so that it was done for, for all time and forevermore. All the stuff you hope no one will ever know about. All the stuff that you even struggle thinking about and you bury it down as deep as you possibly can. You're like, I'm taking this one to my grave. Even Jesus knows about it and He still loves you still chooses you today and still chooses you to be His voice to the world around you. Come on, Jesus is awesome. You can be bold and public about your relationship with Jesus because Jesus is awesome. The real Jesus. Not the Jesus in the movies. Not the often misrepresented Jesus. Not the Jesus that people think they know about, not the Jesus that gets judged like a book by its cover, but the real Jesus. Your friends, your family need to know about this Jesus. They need to see Jesus. You need to show them this Jesus. You need to show them how much He has impacted your life. You need to show them how much He has done for you because it is what they need. How will they know? Paul said in Romans, how will they know? How will they know if nobody tells them? Come on church, you have got to tell the world around you about Jesus, but the Jesus that you get to tell them about is awesome. Tell them about Him. Watch the chosen with Him. Read the Bible with them. Do whatever you can. Get them to come along. Invite them to church. It doesn't even matter if they say no. Just invite them. It's not about acceptance. It's about the invitation. You will never catch a fish if you don't cast a line. But if you keep casting, even if you're a really bad fisher person, being very inclusive tonight, If you keep casting enough, you will eventually catch a fish. Like even if you don't know about my secret spot on the backside of the top of Double Island Point where you can, you can cast and pull them in every 30 seconds. Now you all know. It's really hard to get to though, so good luck. <laughs> even if you're terrible, you just got to keep casting. Just keep inviting. Because at some point you will catch fish. Just you don't have to hide your faith. You need to reach out. If Jesus never extended a hand, the disciples around him would never have seen that he could heal a man covered in leprosy. I am Christian. Church, you, you are different. All you got to do is look at a meme about worship. And you will know that you are very different. (laughs) Like born again means new creation. I could maybe extend that to say new creature. When you worship, oh my gosh, we look like a new creature. 
It's like, I won't do all the movies, but man, oh, there's some, there's some woo, funny ones. And it's like all the things and, you know, and the, man, like half of this church, you all look like worship leaders when you're worshiping. It's like, you got all the moves at all the right times. It's awesome. You should look different though. But you shouldn't just look different. You should sound different. In your workplace, you should look different and sound different because you are different. And you shouldn't be ashamed of it. Like when you pray for your lunch in the break room, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. God, thank you for this food. Thank you so much that I'm so blessed and I ask you bless it, nourish it to my body. And Lord, I think of those that don't have what I have. And Lord, I thank you for this workplace and I thank you for my job. I thank you that I have the ability to, to earn enough income for myself and for those around me. And Lord, I ask you bless the people in this place. Let this workplace be blessed because I am in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be bold. Because it'll actually make them start to question you. Hey, you, you pray. Can you pray for me? Man, how many times have I heard people tell me, oh man, these guys at, at work asked me to like pray for them. It's awesome. If you're not being asked, it's probably because they don't know that you would pray for them. So start telling them that you do. I pray for you, you know. And God told me this. What, God told you that? <laughs> it's a bit weird because I didn't tell anyone that. Ask God for words for people. Come on, church, God has done it before and He will do it again. He can make the impossible become possible. Miracles are Jesus' bread and butter. It's where He starts. Jesus is not just awesome, but Christians are awesome. I love Christians. Because they stand up for those who have no voice. They give of their finances instead of withholding. They serve, love and sacrifice. Like Christians take Bibles into countries where they're not allowed Bibles with the risk of losing their lives. Like this old lady, probably in a, I don't know, she's probably like 98 or something because she's old. And she was at the state conference for the Australian Christian churches this year. She was awesome. She's like, yeah, you know, we thought, well, you know, if there's a risk of losing our life to just take one Bible in, we might as well take a whole bunch of suitcases. <laughs> so her and her girlfriend literally into, I think it was Afghanistan or something years ago, took seven suitcases across the border because they thought, well, if we're going to get killed for one, let's try and take as many as we can. I'm like, you're an awesome old lady. I'm so convicted. She's like, just go. What's the worst that can happen? Heaven? It's a pretty good place. You think about it. You have a no risk scenario to being bold about the fact that you are Christian. You know, the one thing that I, I actually get fearful about is that when people around me finally come into relationship with Jesus and they, will, they might get angry at me or upset that I didn't tell them sooner about Jesus. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I want them to have the best for their life. Christians do the jobs of what billionaires and country leaders should be doing and help so many people in the world. And they don't care even if it's just affecting one person because it changed that, changes that one person's world. I love Christians. Christians are awesome. They live for others, pray for others, do good to others, and they love others. It's a good thing to be Christian. It's the greatest of all time to be a Christian.
You know, church, this world needs a revival. It desperately needs a revival. So I want to tell you two things. We can grow the church in two ways. We can see people come into relationship with Jesus two ways. Number one, if they've once known Jesus, help them back. You know, I reckon we could fill our churches just with helping people back that once had relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells you how to do it in Galatians chapter 6. It says, gently and humbly. When you're helping someone who has walked away from their faith in Jesus Christ, often it's, it's really hard to not try and fix or judge or doctrinally work out how they might maybe whatever, saved, not saved, I don't know, won't go there. Just be the father in the prodigal son story. Just love him. Let God do all the rest of the hard, tricky stuff. Because that's what God wants to do, because He's really good at it. All you have to do is just be the Father and just love that person back in gently and humbly into relationship with Jesus again. If you don't know why they've walked away, don't try and work it out. You know, I often think about the woman who's thrown at the feet of Jesus, the one called an adultery. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't tell us why she was a prostitute. It doesn't tell us if her innocence was robbed from her as a teenage girl or something and then she started to live a life because she thought that that's all that she was worth or whatever. No, Jesus doesn't care about any of that. He just says, I love you and I don't judge you either. Just go and sin no more. I love you. Love Him. Be the father in the story of the prodigal son. Let's fill our church with prodigal. The second is the ones that have never known Jesus. Well, tell them about Him. Tell them about Him. If they've already known Him, just love Him back in gently and humbly. But if they've never heard about Him, then tell them about Him because what you are presenting to them is what they truly want. Tell them what their life could be like. Tell them what your life used to be like and what it's like now. Or tell them what you think your life would be like if you didn't have Jesus in your life. Tell them how you get through the struggles and the sorrows of life. Tell them how you get through the challenges of life. And you are so thankful that you have Jesus helping you get through it all. And then tell them that they can have Him too. Can I get the band to come back, please? Church, lastly, have faith. Have faith in all you do. Have faith in Jesus and in the powers and wondrous miracle working good things that God can do through you. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18, Jesus told them this, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be 
be healed. So even if, even if something of the natural state of earth attacks you like a snake or even if something is slipped into a drink to try and take you out, something by another human being, nothing can hurt you. You can literally be unstoppable in your mission to tell the world that you are Christian and that God loves you and that Jesus is the answer. You don't have to fear, you don't have to worry. All you have to do is have faith in Jesus Christ. Come on church, you can raise the dead. Believe it. Maybe don't go to graveyards and start laying hands on gravestones, unless God tells you to, but maybe check with your pastor first, because that's weird. (laughs) We're different, maybe weird, but, but you can raise the dead. I've literally seen it happen. And I've heard of so many stories of people in circumstances and situations. Church, you can cast out demons. You can bring freedom into people's lives that are riddled with demonic issues, that are being attacked and oppressed and hurt by the enemy. You can heal the sick. You can lay hands on someone and they will be healed. You can prophesy. You can go the extra mile. You can be honest. You don't have to be jealous. You don't have to lie. You don't have to scheme to get good things in your life. You can give without worrying about your own possessions. Being a Christian is amazing. Christians forgive and love and give and do everything and anything without expecting one single thing in return. That's who you are. You're a Christian. They love their enemies. They do good to all those around them. When someone asks you, what do you do? When someone asks you, church, who are you? From where do you come from? What do you do? You can confidently say, I am Christian. I am a child of God. I am a son and a daughter of the King of all kings. I am a prince in the kingdom. I am a daughter. I am a princess of the Most High. Can I tell you about a life that you could be living with Jesus Christ inside it? Come on, church, would you stand to your feet tonight?